Welcome, everybody, to episode 91 of the Racing Line podcast. You joined tonight by myself and Joseph. We we will be reviewing the uh, recent Singapore Grand Prix. Joey, how are you, buddy? Hey, mate. How are you doing, dude? I'm very good, well. Good, Mate, after that race, it can't be anything but good. Mate, there was a interesting start to that race where I thought, what's going to happen? Mm. Uh, but Singapore never fails to deliver, to deliver. And I think for a lot of fans out there who wanted to see something different, uh, this was the race to um, A, highlight a really good race for the win and also bring the Red Bull dominance to a very abrupt end uh, mm. with the fact that they weren't, they didn't score higher than fifth. Like that, I think that was a real big surprise. But for my end, other than the fact that Albon got shafted on the last lap, it wasn't a bad race. I loved it. <laughs> well, if you haven't watched it or, you know, been living under a rock and haven't seen the results, uh, Carlos Sainz got his second win in a Ferrari, his second win in Formula One. Um, Lando Norris was P2 and Lewis Hamilton P3, uh, bringing an end, like Joey said, to the Red Bull dominance of 2023, which was, which was nice because they weren't in the fight at all. But, um, I think I wanted to start with Ferrari, Joe, and, uh, their recent upturn in performance. Um, Carlos was absolutely on fire this weekend. He was in Monza as well, getting, getting the pole position, um, I think, as things stand, Carlos is the informed driver and the better of the two. Hundred percent. I think. I think we touched on it in um, at Monza, where we we sort of said when I think we did we 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 discussed who the number one driver was going forward, and I think we said there's there shouldn't be a number one driver, but a hundred percent when, but you know by the time qualif, I think it was in, he got a fastest in practice one. Um, and I thought, oh, he might be on for sort of a, a high-scoring weekend like Monza. Um, but I never expected, as I, th- I suppose no one did, the f- mm. him to go on and win the race. But very early on, it, it, it was evident that the Red Bulls um, weren't comfortable at uh, Singapore, which, as odd as it might sound, is probably more understandable than... Um, not like we've seen Mercedes go to Singapore before and in their years of dominance and Red Bull still was the car to have um, at Singapore. And I think the the um, the roles were a bit reversed on them. Whatever they've done mm. in building that car, the car just didn't suit that Singapore track as, as, um, as much as other circuits. It is a very uh, specific track. I know a lot of people are saying this is what happens when they make those flexi front wings rigid. And um, Horner was very quick to say, yeah, we probably lose about one-tenth of a second a lap mm. with the with the front wings. Um, and I, I don't think it's a cause for major concern for Red Bull either, to be honest. No, um, neither do I. But it was good to see, you know, some fresh blood on the podium and, and, and have no Red Bull on the podium, which was awesome. Three mm-hmm. different teams headed up by... Carlos Sainz, who, like you said, probably probably even an even better performance than his win at Silverstone, just the way that he really commanded that whole race. Like from the start, he controlled the pace, which probably made the start quite boring. And then the way that he ended uh, he ended the race and strategically put uh, let Norris into his 
uh, DRS to then give him the power to fight both Mercedes, I thought was so ballsy. Um, big brain, big, big brain. Big, so I, like they're, they're the kind of moves that when I think about it, I don't think they're the calls that um, Leclerc would make. But um, science is always sort of like playing 3D chess when he's racing. Like his brain is always thinking more than just about what he's doing, but about strategy, about, you know, pit call, about, you know, risking tire moves where he's very, he's very proactive of that. And then when the, when the, over the radio, his, um, his race strategist said, you know, you have to watch that gap to Norris. He's like, no, that's just part of the plan. Um, I thought that was, you know, such high level thinking. I've I've said it before and I think, Oh, this weekend definitely proved that when Carlos is at one with the car, he's kind of like Danny Rick, I think, where he needs to feel comfortable in that car. And when he is, he's one of the best on the grid. When he's not, he doesn't get the results. Whereas Charles, he kind of, the car has to be perfect for Charles to perform. But I think Charles's ceiling is higher because he can push that little bit more and he gets those epic results. But he can't get performance out of something Um when it's not at the optimum. Yeah. Yeah. He's, 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 his ceiling is, is probably higher. His floor is definitely mm. um, lower because he just, well, we've seen it so much when the car is not, you know, able to push to the level he wants. A lot of the time he does crash it, uh, which he mm. didn't this week. He came home with a fourth as well, but um, yeah, Carl, uh, Carlos, what a drive. It was great to see, um, Zach Brown sort of congratulating him after the race as well, acknowledging the the sort of shared history they have. Um, and really, like, for Ferrari fans, podium at Monza, probably the best you could expect at Monza mm. um, with the way, with, with how the car is suited there. But then to come to back that back that up with now a win um, in Singapore, fantastic result. I don't know how that's going to co- correlate to Suzuka coming up. But for Ferrari to be the team that snatches the the first win um, of the other teams, I think is massive for them. Um, regardless of regardless of if they finish second or third in the championship, I think if they're the only team that snags mm-hmm. a win this year, that's that's a that's a, a massive morale boost to the team, uh, to their fans, but also just we were we were very critical of them a couple of races ago. And I'm not going to say anything that it's like <laughs> that they're not going to do what Ferrari does best. But are we? Are they turning a corner? I really hope so. I think there is enough races now to finish the season strong and take that mem- that momentum into the off season and be ready to let, you know lay down a, a good charge next year. And I think this is this is a good time of the year when there's no real pressure on them. They're mm. going to be at worst third in the championship, um, probably second. And, um, you know, just put in some consistent results, you know, build that rapport with the um, strategists, the drivers, clean pit stops, momentum, 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 hit that off season and, you know, do do your homework to build a faster car, to upgrade your car for next year. Yeah, I just think we've seen the midfield and we'll talk midfield, we'll include Ferrari and Mercedes in that. In quali, everyone's getting closer to Red Bull. But this was the first race where we saw race pace was even across the field. 
I read a quote this morning from Christian saying that the flexi wing change in directive, like you said, has a tenth. He said the one up the quote I read said there was zero effect. They've changed no parts on their car. Um, but I'm hoping now we're seeing Ferrari, McLaren, Mercedes, half of Aston Martin getting getting closer. So we're we'll seeing this type of yeah, I know the we'll stroll ball. Yeah. Strolling ball is back, but I'm hoping we see these teams now starting well, this, to their race pace get is getting closer to Red Bull. By rights, this is the time of the year where uh, Red Bull's penalties should start compounding mm. the most. You know, with the lack of wind tunnel testing, the um, and the salary cap sort of deficit, um, and also realistically, Red Bull. <laughs> know that there is no way they're losing this championship mm. or either championship and they don't need they're not they don't need to bring upgrades every race to to catch um there's you know they could they could very much start devoting a lot of that time and resource into next year's car next year's iteration there's which is probably a, a bad thing for next year but um they haven't got that pressure on them like we've seen other teams have to carry to the end of the year, continually mm. keep upgrading. Um, what I found really interesting about Red Bull, we'll probably go transition to them this race, was this was the, the first race, and, yes, they started on an alternate tyre strategy, but this was the first race where really they weren't able to race through the field with the ease that, they, that we've seen mm. um, throughout the whole year. Uh, and then even after the sort of the safety cars fell, the safety cars probably didn't help them in any way. But um, after the, the sorry, the virtual safety car at the end, they did put on a new set. They had put on a new set of tires. Um, Max was able to make more positions, which is expected. But uh, um, Checo really struggled to get past those, you know, midfield cars. Um, and really only scored points from a ridiculous move on Albon uh, that we'll probably touch later. I hope, that this is, I hope that this is a trend that, yeah, and, and a couple of DNFs. I hope that this is a trend that continues, though, um, in relation to the fact that, like you said, the midfield battle has been, like, we've said it all year, it's going to be very interesting, but it has mm. just tightened up even more. Um the fact that Williams was running at a pace to score points at a track that they considered their worst, you know, track for their car. Uh, Haas got some points. Ocon, not yeah, Ocon was looking really strong towards that middle end, that middle part of the race towards the end until his Renault engine does what it does best and you know failed. Um, Mercedes and Fry were having a great race of uh, McLaren. There was there was I think every team. Oh. Uh, our Kiwi friend Liam Lawson scored his first Formula One points. I think every team leaves this weekend with some hope, not hope, but a bit of optimism, maybe not Aston Martin, but there wouldn't be many other teams that can't take something from this weekend and, you know, to build from when you think about it. Well, the Alpha Tower apparently had nine upgrades. Um, yeah. And- which is huge. And they seem they seem to work like they both look pretty pretty quick. Even though Yuki didn't get a get a race again, second race in a row. Um, Yuki's going to lose his seat from not being able to start races that aren't his fault. Yeah. Did you want to talk about Afatari? I want to talk about Liam Lawson. I thought 
like once again, we've said I think every race he's been in, he did his job. But every race doing his job, you know, he's setting a higher expectation. First was, you know, he finished ahead of his teammate, which was fortuitous, but finished the race, kept it clean. Then it was mm. qualified better than his teammate and finished ahead of his teammate. Now, once again, he's finishing in, ahead of his teammate, which won't be the story because the story is he scored an eighth place, which is what, or eighth or ninth place. He got two points. Did he come eighth or ninth? He came eighth. He should have got four points if he came eighth. He should have got four points. So he's got more points than any Alpha Tauri driver this year. Um, I, 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 th- I think it's hard to compare throughout the season because that they did have so many upgrades and we did have multiple DNFs, but he's he hasn't put a foot wrong. And I think he's giving Alpha Tauri a huge headache at the moment. Um, I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think for them it's going to be a headache. I think it's going to be very cut and dry. So I, I saw a couple of rumors today actually that um, yeah. Yuki's about to be announced for next year. Oh, is he? Um. And then apparently Daniel a couple of weeks later, but I don't know. I'm still, <laughs> I don't know if it's hope on my part, but I still think that Daniel will be in the main seat because now they've got this dilemma where they've got three Red Bull dri- or four Red Bull drivers in their stable. Checo's not one of them. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you promote Liam Lawson, who's clearly got something he's proven it over three races whereas nick devries got the seat after one race um yeah why why wouldn't you then we then they can say all our drivers are red bull drivers i yeah i i think this is a very different situation to the nick devries situation when nick the nick devries situation there wasn't there wasn't as many drivers at their disposal Mm. Um, yeah, I just mean like Checo's not performing. They've got Daniel Ricciardo, they've got Liam Lawson performing, and they've got Yuki who's solid. Yeah, Yuki's definitely solid. I think um, the 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 te- the the pressure on um, Checo is definitely ratcheting up, mm. and I think it's. If anything is coming to a stage where they're trying to put as much pressure on him to make him crack, um, mm. are they going to uh, sort of carry? I mean, the, the other option is that Danny Rick just stays as re- reserve driver next year in the with the, the team knowing that inevitably they're going to get rid of Sergio sometime mid year. Mm. Um, and it sort of goes like that. Like I said, I don't think I don't think Yuki has shown anything in the last three years that I think he's um, he's definitely gotten better from when he started, but he's never had any wow moments. the The thing as well for him is that there are so many of these problems that aren't his aren't his fault. I don't. Mm. I wouldn't feel comfortable if he was to lose his job because of that. Uh, just confirming, Yuki has scored three points. Liam Lawson's must have come ninth because he only scored two. But um, yeah, I if they're going to sign just, Yuki, I'm I'm happy I'm happy with that as a result for him. I can't see them not signing Liam Lawson because if the longer this goes and the and the more he the more he stacks up for himself, I see another team swooping in and picking him up instead. I, I they're not the going to run could- that gauntlet. I think the same could be said for Daniel, though, because I think his stocks are pretty high again. 
even after the McLaren debacle. Not that he's going to leave, but there's got to no. be some assurances there that he will be in the top seat at some point. It's going to, it's so, going to be a very it's going to be a very high pressure end of the season for mm. for Sergio. At the end, it's it's going to be borderline unbearable with the amount of questions that are going to be asked to him. Helmet Christian Helmet has no problem speaking his mind. We found out in the last couple of weeks um, with, but, with some ridiculous comments. But regardless, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a very interesting tightrope. To- realistically, just just to finish this part off, yeah. They they put Checo in that car after the last race of the season, after twenty nineteen or twenty twenty, whenever it was. Yeah. Who's to say who's to say they don't sign Daniel for Alpha Tauri and then make the change at the end of the year, put Liam in that car? Like if they if they say Checo's staying next year, Daniel's yeah. going to Alpha Tauri. Yeah. Checo Checo fails to perform. They just make the cut at the end of the year. Daniel moves up. Liam comes into Alpha Tauri. I think Liam now is being earmarked to take that seat after Daniel. A hundred percent. I think there's the top the top seat. I mean the Red Bull, not Alpha Tauri. Oh, hundred percent. I just don't think they're going to push him in there. Like I, mm-hmm. I can't see them. They're going to give him some time. Mm-hmm. But I think we've seen, like when when we watch him race, great head on your shoulders. Races really well. Only driver this year to actually pass Max Verstappen on track. That's a pretty wanky stat, but you know it's a stat nonetheless. Reminds me the way he drives. Reminds me very much of Oscar in the mm-hmm. way that they're quite. They're both quite young, but they drive with like a lot of poise. They don't. Have, they don't make rash mistakes. They're not crashing the car. You know, we saw um, strolling ball have a moment in qualifying. He hasn't had any of those moments. Um, and that, and that's that's going to be one of the harder tracks to go to. There's not much room for error there other than Monaco. That track is that track mm. is tight. Um, you know, to, to come away with some decent points uh, once again, he's doing everything he's been asked to do, and then some. And it's annoying that we're having this conversation about Liam, Daniel. This is a conversation that's going to push till the off season. But yeah, but what I'm trying to get, like we got Teo Porcher on the sidelines too. We got Dragovic, and then we have this pay driver who continuously crashes the car, who has been severely outperformed by his teammate this year to the point where the team's going to come forth after the year they had because of they've been fighting with one. Like, how is he in the sport guaranteed when we've got all these drivers that aren't? It's frustrating. I think I think the 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 frust the the problem or the the, pro, the problem you've highlighted right now is something that I've harp on a lot about. And it is Formula One has a has a major problem. I think I think it's a major problem with hanging on to drivers too long, mm. um, and not and it's not just hanging on to drivers, but it's a, what is the driver doing for you? Can a rookie do it for you? Is what the driver doing for you? able to be replicated by someone who's a cheaper, younger, and has a better future for the, for the sport. Thierry Porcher, say what you will. I think he's a great F2 driver. Um, is he going to do for you what Botas or what Joe is doing? So Joe, I think has been signed for next year. Now I think we're waiting for a mm-hmm. contract extension. Fair enough. But I don't, is Bo, Botas would have, would be on contract for next year as well. Yes. Um, we are now wasting years from these drivers 
Dragovic is the same. And mm-hmm. I love Alonso. I don't, I defend Stroll. What Alonso is doing for that team this year is something that I don't think another driver could do for that team. No, um, no I agree. Having said that, I would be interested. We can't measure it really well against a teammate because he's t- the teammate he has is so far inferior to him. Um, and yeah, I think I think the risk they're running is is that they're going to have say this goes on for another year. Um, you might not be getting the best out of these young drivers because they're on you know they're um, on the sidelines too long, and then another batch of young drivers comes in and is fighting for the same seats. It's it's it is ruthless. But I would I would much rather see the younger drivers, um, especially when they're from these academies, you know, mm. brought in at you know the the earliest the earliest um, opportunity. I I don't mind the older drivers as long as they're performing. Like like you said, Alonso Hamilton, um, Vettel was at the end, like you could tell towards the last few years, like he needed to go, and that that was one that needed to go. Yeah, I don't mind the older drivers as long as they're performing. Now, when well, you've like, got someone like, in there, say like a yeah. driver like Botas, he's not doing much. He's not doing much at all. He's he's probably been one of the bigger disappointments this year, really, because there are races where he just disappears, like you don't even hear of him. Mm. <laughs> the car's crap. But Joe has been more of a standout this year, 100%. He's, and he's I don't know if intri- it's reflected in the points, but yeah. Well, they haven't got many, so. Mm. Like Kevin sure. Magnuson, Kevin Magnuson, someone else could do that job. I think I think both of the Haas drivers are, uh, disp- I think the reason they're both there is because that car is so bad that anyone could drive it that badly. I mean, mm. Ke- Kevin did get some points this week, so kudos to him. Uh, but like, I think that was quite fortuitous. Mm-hmm. Now I've lost the point that I was trying to make. I had a good point lined up, and now, and now you've um, you've oh, if the decision came down, like if if if, if the decision that was going to be made was we like Liam, it's Liam Lawson or Danny Rick that they're choosing to. If the decision is between those two, I know you would like you would prefer Danny Rick to be in there. But for the sake of bringing in a fresh talent, would you be happy with the decision to push Danny Rick back to the sidelines to bring in Liam Lawson from what we've seen from him? It's hard. This is not from like, I don't, I don't want to think about like the commercial aspect of Danny Rick is mm. very strong, the way that the the... The public perceives him, and the you know the character he is. Taking that aside, and it's just the the um the, what you get on track. Would you be happy with that decision? But if they were to make it, like I wouldn't be purely just because I feel like Daniel's got something to prove, and I don't think we haven't seen him. Like we saw him in two races, and the car was crap. Yeah. Still, it's now upgraded. Yeah. Look, if he comes in and he. You know, gives him give him another couple to get his hand right, and he doesn't perform as well as Liam. Hands up, fair enough. Put Liam in the seat, but we don't know what he can do in that car at the moment. And he's only thirty three; like he's not forty. So uh, I'm not saying that in in respect to 
if that he's mm. washed up. I'm just saying if the if the the give and take to bringing Liam in was relegating Danny Rick to the sidelines in the hope or in the hope with the only opportunity being that Sergio is going to get benched sometime mm. in the season. I personally, I think I would be happy with that just to see because at the same time, if Liam is a flash in the pan and he's not performing, you can do you can put Danny Rick back in. Yeah, but that's... I don't want to see I don't want to see the drivers. You know, when they come in with a bit of confidence and a bit of form, for them mm. to lose that, and then we're not going to see him back for another year and a half. And by that time, maybe the the mm. form and the confidence just isn't there really at that level that he needed anymore. And I definitely think they've got a bit of a headache on their hands, but um, it'll be it's a better headache to have than having no drivers, which is what we were talking about a couple of years, like a, not too long ago. Yeah, that's right, hundred percent. What do you, you think wanna... of Mercedes this week? Because I thought up until George putting it in the wall on the last lap, great strategy call. Mm. Um, I think the only thing I probably would have encouraged would have been for George to let Hamilton pass him with the caveat that if he didn't make any moves for them to reverse mm. it on the last lap, I think that would have been somewhat wise. Mm-hmm. Having said that, there wasn't that many laps. Once they got to the pack, there wasn't actually mm. that many laps to, for both of them really to have to go. Um, do, you, do you really think Lewis would have given that back though? I don't. The way he was, he wanted to pass George on track. You could tell he wanted he to did. pass him. I think. I think realistically, they could both see the win. Like it was four. It was four within two seconds or something like that. Like they were mm. like nearly line to stern. That's um, amazing. It was a great end to the race, and I, we probably should have started with this. But let's you know dwell on it. I haven't seen an end like that, and it, it wasn't just the fact that it was the end. It was the fact that it was the end like that, and the previous stoppage was at least 20 laps before that still. So there was a, mm. there was a very, you know, there was a virtual safety car. I think I'll say this now. I think Williams for, were the first team to jump on changing the tires. So happy to see that them, you know, pull a, a early move rather than being late to the party. Like they have been the last couple of races, really happy with that. And, for, and then also Mercedes, I expect it from them as well. But once again, Virtual safety car comes out. Thank you, Ocon. Unfortunately for you, but um, it's spiced up to end the race. From that moment on, we're counting down. You know, seconds of how long they've got to catch up, how long to go. Um, Norris sort of caught the back of uh, Carlos at the right time as well. So when they all met together for those last five laps, or at four or five laps, um, it it felt organic because it was organic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was three cars there, or three different types of car, uh, and it was just awesome. You know, under the lights uh, at Singapore, street track, you know, well, Jeopardy, if you made a mistake, we saw that in that in that moment. I just thought the race started off tentative, opened up in mm. the middle, and then exploded at the end. Kind of felt like a, the end to an IndyCar race. Yeah, but without all the cautions. Yeah, like it was just all cautions. So many cars close together. Like I loved it. Yeah, I um, Mercedes. I think it's so track dependent with them at the moment. Like you can't pick it. Like we could go to Suzuka this weekend, and I'll just be nowhere again. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping they're fixing that for next year because 
I want to see as many teams up the front as possible. But, mate, I think Lewis showed why they're still invested in him. Yeah, yeah. I think George George is a really good driver. I think he still has a bit to learn. I think the pressure of having someone like Lewis behind him got to him a bit. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on the on the, on the crash, but I think it, it may have been he was feeling a bit of pressure from the team, from Lewis. But I don't know if it was pressure per se. Like I definitely think there was pressure involved in the situation. Hmm. I just think as well there were so many other things going on. There was the fact that, you know, you can see that you can hmm. see you can visually see the win, how far you have to get ahead to get the win. You know, there was no Red Bulls in front of him. So the the hardest part of getting a win from this year and a great opportunity to get the win this year. I think all those drivers felt that desperation. It wasn't just Carl. I think I don't think it was Car- just Carlos. I think they all felt an opportunity to snag. You know, mm. sort of a, not a not a gimme, but for all those drivers, it was somewhat of a gimme that Max wasn't thirty seconds up the road. Um, realistically, it was all the things that we have been building for the last couple of years. You know, Norris. You know, we've seen Norris grow at Mercedes. We've seen George come in at sorry, Norris grow at McLaren. George is mm-hmm. the you know young up and comer at Mercedes. Carlos got brought in to do a job at Ferrari. Um, they're the sort of stories that've been in the background to Red Bull and um, sort of dominating the last couple of years and the championship before with Max versus Lewis. Um, I just was it was awesome to see those other guys you know have a moment. I think a really great moment to showcase their talent. Also, I, I imagine that those bits of footage captured are going to be used on advertisement mm. for the next year or year to come. You know, that's, that's you can't make that up. And at the same time, yeah, I think for George, it was a bit of pressure, desperation. Like he, he, he doesn't know what happened. I think it could just also be just, Exhaustion. Slightly, slightly outbreak. Yeah, outbreaking yourself slightly, but you know, it's a game of millimeters in, in Formula yeah. One. And it might be the case that if he pulled off what he was trying to do, he would have been the hero. Um, realistically, he probably is he's losing some points, but he's not losing that much. Um I think we all saw the talent that, that you know that well, the strategy call and the, the the driver's ability to race back up through the pack was mm. fantastic. That was a, the, probably the best the best part of the race. Um, watching those Mercedes hunt down the the leaders. Yeah, hundred percent. I just think I'm hoping this weekend that we're seeing something similar. But mm, I don't know if Red Bull are going to be back on top this weekend. But we'll we'll, we'll soon find out. It's going to be very interesting because. The red the 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 aero dependence at Suzuka, especially going through the Lesmos, is so high that you can see like the aero depend. There isn't any sweeping corners at Singapore. It's a very Mm. interesting track. Aero at Suzuka is massive. Like it is Mm. all, it is all you know, somewhat fast corners. So many sweeping corners. There's S's. You know, there's long rounded corners there isn't many you know turn and shoot i don't think there's i don't think there's any turn and shoot corners except maybe the hairpin 
the last chicane, maybe. Just before the yeah yeah yeah, but that's such a, that's such a bus stop chicane. Yeah, mm. I I think you'd lose so uh, you'd gain so much more time through the S's and through the Lesmos than mm. through there anyway. Yeah, so I think the air like it's going to be very interesting going there because that Red Bull is so aero efficient. Um, we might. We might have we might go back to Red Bull a comfortable Red Bull one two, depending on if anyone's bringing any more upgrades or what they can maximise. But having said that, what we've seen the last couple of races is that the tracks that we think we're going to see cars perform badly at, we're seeing them perform well. Cars that we think are going to perform well at tracks aren't you know performing as well. Um, so hopefully that trend continues mm. because. One thing is for sure, you can you know, up until this week, you can call the winner, but how the midfield shakes out is you know, it's just like getting a couple of dice and rolling them and you know, seeing what numbers turn up. It's never the same, <laughs> it's never the same at all. I'm hoping we see Williams again, um, up the back of that mid pack challenge. They, they should have scored, they, they should have scored points this weekend. I am so furious with the penalty that that, um. Perez got I thought, was such a bullshit penalty. When you watch mm. the footage back and you see what happened, you're like, how can you only be penalised five seconds for, like, stuffing it up the inside so far? Like, it wasn't even it wasn't even on. Like, I, yeah, I, think that, I didn't want that. I think that's. I think that shows the pressure he's under too, but he tried to make a, an all-nothing yeah, move. Yeah, 100%, 100%. But at the same time, my thing is with the FIA, it's it's – if you're okay, so you're giving a penalty, so you're acknowledging that he is at fault. Usually, mm. when you're giving penalties for ruining someone's race, if they finish, the penalty is usually given so that they finish behind that person. A five second penalty is nothing. No, um, no, not on, like no, especially not when he's stranded there for thirty seconds because the the track is so tight. I was I was I was quite furious. Because, yeah, I can understand he might be flabbergasted that he's stuck mm-hmm. behind a Williams again, but that's Qualify not Williams. Better. That's not Williams' fault. Qualify better, exactly, exactly. Stopping um, shit. I thought, I thought Albon put a great race together, especially considering that they started. I think he started fifteenth, which wasn't great, mm. but to be on track to be finishing eighth, if or ninth, maybe I would say he had the, he definitely had the pace to catch Lawson. With the better tires as well, um, can I? So eight, can I eighth, say, was on, eighth was on the cards. Williams need to keep him because he is oh, outstanding, a hundred percent. But also, I think they're they're proving to him mm. that they can provide a car for him to get results. I think once that, I think we're getting to a stage now where he has proved himself. We mm. know that he has got what it takes. And at the same time, the team is proving that they have what it takes to bring him results to get that car further up the grid. The thing is, what if that if the if the production side of that, you know, uh, developing that car stops? I have no. I I wouldn't even feel bad if he left. It's a very mutual mm. relationship. They've given him a lifeline. He is now delivering so much more than what they could have expected. Um. You know, they they they. If they, I think both parties share the same aspirations, um, 
And as long as, you know, they can both grow together, I think that's mm-hmm. a, a really good match where, like we're saying, uh, each team sort of has their standout driver. Lando at Mercedes, George now is going to fill in at McLaren. Mm-hmm. Ferrari has there too. Um, I think Albon really can be that driver for Williams. Uh, like I don't think any of us expected the the cons the consistency he's showing this year, and this is this is not a, like a word of a lie. Yeah, he crashed at Albert Park, um, but the consistency is sh- the consistency he's showing this year. I think if you were to sort of have a look at it in retrospect, would probably be the most consistent any driver has been this year, other than Max. Mm. Like he's consistently maximizing, especially in the last eight, nine races, he's either finishing 11th, 10th, 9th or 8th. And then yesterday he finished 11th again and that should have been another eight. Like he's, since Montreal, he's on an awesome purple patch for the full, like where that car should be. I think, I think Williams are in a similar boat to Aston where one driver is just severely outperforming the other, but Logan is a rookie. I've got to give him a bit yeah, of leeway. The difference I guess. is Logan is a rookie, and and and, yeah. and uh, Lance is a six season veteran at this stage. It's got to be, yeah. So be close. Like there's a massive, and also the gap between <laughs> the gap between Albon and Sargent isn't as big as between mm. Alonso and Stroll. But there is there is a. I think there is a. With the aspirations that the team has, I think pressure now is is going to be mounting on. I said Logan's job this year was to learn and finish races, which he's doing for the most part. I think if a step isn't made next year early on, or even maybe towards the end of this year, as a team, they might be reevaluating what their aspirations are for next year, because it'll be where they, hmm. where that team is gonna is gonna finish the season, they're going to need two drivers to be scoring points uh, to take that next step. It'll be very interesting to see the, what direction they take. I don't know who they'd put in if they did get rid of Logan, but he needs to pick up his game, I think. Here's an interesting quandary, maybe before we before we finish. Red Bull has got a lot of drivers and not enough seats. Lone right. Liam. Do we oh, do they loan anyone? Like, say say they want to put Liam in a seat in AlphaTauri. I'm pretty sure that a, even a driver like Danny Rick, with the performance that that car is showing now, if he's going to get an AlphaTauri seat, he might even prefer a William seat on loan. And as as the team that also might be a, a bonus for them because they're going to be getting a, a better driver in that second seat. Someone who is, we know is able to match Albon's potential. I thought this a few weeks ago and I didn't, don't know if I said it on the pod, but it wouldn't surprise me if Checo ends up there. Red Bull, if, if oh, Red Bull cut him, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up there. A hundred percent. Cause he'll, he'll bring his Mexican money as well. Mm-hmm. I probably, I actually wouldn't mind Checo being there, to be honest, I think, I think Checo. I think Checo's best moments have been at midfield. smaller teams, no pressure, and when there's no pressure, he brings out 
a magical moment every year that we would go, that's why he's here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think he's showing more than <laughs> yeah, I, I I would be very happy if someone of Checo's caliber was to come to the team. But having said that, I see Checo and Danny Rick very as as drivers very close together as well. Probably, probably like they're both at the same age. They've both been around the block. Um, I think Danny Rick's probably, a way better driver. I think Danny's. I think Danny Rick's more consistent. But um, I don't know how much that's going to. Oh, what that would be worth at Williams. Mm. It'd be interesting. It's, it's, it's going to be. Times. It's it's going to be a very interesting end to the year. Um, but yeah. <laughs> If Checo wants to bring that Mexican money to Williams, I'm all for it, baby. Let's go. And hopefully our boy Oscar can start um, getting some results like Lando's getting, which would be good. Yeah. Well, where did he end up coming this week? Seven? I thought he had a pretty good recovery drive this week. Yeah, 10 positions. Yeah, I thought that was pretty impressive. But, yeah, I I think he needs that. I think by the end of this year he's going to want, you know, that – or a, a podium. I think a podium, if he has, doesn't have a podium by the end of this year, I would be disappointed. Mm. Um, but just a, a, a result that we go, you know what? He, you know, he, he came, he put together the perfect weekend um, and he showed up and showed out. I think, I think by the end of the year, he's, he'll want that for himself. I think he'll want that for himself very much. So Brazil, Brazil, he's probably never raced there though. Doesn't matter. He's never raced to Singapore either. Yeah, and he didn't beat Lando. <laughs> yeah, but he he got sick. It's Stroll's fault. He would have made Q two if he wasn't Stroll. Yeah, and so. the and the and the strolling ball threw a curveball at the end of that qualifying man. And it's always the I Aussies did, that get screwed by that strolling ball too. It's you know what? It's not the Aussies. It's the guys who can't do a good first lap. That banker has that that banker has to be a decent banker. Like we and we've seen it so many times. That you can get screwed so easily if your banker is, you know, if you don't put mm. it together and you're somewhat a decent lap together on your banker. Um, so as much as I feel sorry for them when it happens, it it happens too often for you to mm. be banking, you know, that in those last seconds you're gonna the the lap times are always getting faster. So your first lap still has to be fast. Um but you say Brazil. What races are left that he's raced at? We're not going back to. Uh, do we have any more European rounds now? No more European. Uh, what's left? Is well, may, maybe Vegas where no one's been. Qatar. Maybe Vegas. Got Qatar. We got Mexico, Brazil, Abu Dhabi. Hmm. I'm gonna say Vegas. I'm gonna say Vegas. He's raced at Abu Dhabi, surely. He's done some testing there at yeah, least. Yeah, he would definitely he's probably done an F2 race at Abu Dhabi. Yeah, so maybe there. I'm just gonna say Vegas. That's my one. Vegas. Alright. No worries. <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? That'd be an awesome title. Podium on the strip. Got podium, podium in the devil's playground. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll leave it there. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Well, I'm um, kind of confession. <laughs> yeah, 50 Hail Marys. Um, <laughs> thanks for jumping on, mate. Guys, listeners, thank you for listening. Um, 
keep liking, subscribing, all that sort of stuff. Interacting with the pod has been great. Um, spread the word. Tell your friends. If they're getting into, if they've watched Drive to Survive, tell them to listen to this podcast. But uh, Joey, thanks for jumping on. Um, and I'll see you in a week's time to review Suzuka. Suzuka, how good a daytime race. Oh, 3 p.m. Love it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm at a wedding this weekend. I'm not watching it daytime. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> KO. <laughs> That's right. Have a good week, buddy. See you, mate. You too.